Hello, and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California, it's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show! Back to the Doctor That Danger Radio Show with your host James and Edward. I'm Edward. What's poppin'? Uh, lazy day. Had the day off, and then uh, I was late because I was running errands for the for Dad and Bank that ended up taking longer than I really wanted it to. So that's great. Cool beans. But other than that, yeah. Uh, oh, um, I watched Samurai Cop too. Well, that's what we're here to review today. <laughs> Yeah, um, not much else is going on. Uh, t- did you hear about the fucking White House? Oh, dude, fucking... <laughs> Whoa, friggin' this week when we're recording, yeah, the friggin'... It's not... Is it actually... Is it the White House or Capitol Hill? I, no, it's Capitol Hill, my bad. It, it's, I, yeah, it's Capitol Hill. Because I was confused for a minute. Whatever, yeah, Capitol mm-hmm. Hill got friggin', like, invaded by some, like, quote-unquote Trump supporters, which I saw that, and that was pretty fucking entertaining, not gonna lie. Oh, no, I was At the laughing. same time, it's fucking sick as fuck, too. Because, <laughs> yo, fuck them. Yeah, no, that was... It's funny. I have, um... I, I, I have a friend in a Discord server who um who, who identifies as an anarchist or whatever. So I was joking with him. I was like I was like, uh, hey, so are the anarchists pissed that they didn't raid Capitol Hill first? And then she and then she was just like, Bro, this 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 uh this attempted coup is so cringe. <laughs> See, that's the thing with the debate, because a lot of people there's a lot of fucking guys just going like, if this was a Black Lives Matter protest, this wouldn't have happened. See, oh, they're yeah, just allowing yeah, yeah, these yeah, people yeah. in, these domestic terrorists. Yeah, I got in a, I got in a couple conversations about that. Yeah. And I'm just like, bruh, it's just like, you know what? Well, one, fuck the friggin' Senate and stuff, too. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, you know what? With all the fucking issues with, like, them only giving us $600 stimulus checks and shit, yeah. and them just fucking dicking around... And, like, th- mostly a bunch of friggin', like, long-term politicians that have way more money than what they know what to do with. And they've been around, they've been in there since, God, what, the 80s? Even longer, dude. Yeah. I'm sure like even longer. 70s. old fucking peeps, dude. It's like, you shouldn't be in there. So, you know what? These crazed people going in and invading, it's like, dude, at least it shows that, like, under you... Under a united front, people just straight up go in and friggin' like just push on through. Now yeah. there is the issues like, oh, these are domestic terrorists and stuff. All this about Biden coming in, it's like you know what? I don't like Trump, <laughs> and like Trump saying like stuff where like riled these people up. Oh, I, I heard the audio. I saw the footage. He that he was straight up calling. Uh, it wasn't a call to arms, but it was a call to rally or something. It's, he was just saying whatever, and mm-hmm. then freaking, like, these peeps trying to, like, prevent Biden becoming president. It's like, well, one, fuck Biden because kids in cages, for starters. So, literally, it's like, yeah. you know what? It's like, it doesn't even matter. Like, yeah, these people... <laughs> it's literally, I saw a post that said it right. How, like, what some people think, and, like, literally, whatever your political views are. It's literally, it's like, you know what? They're... Targeting the right and they're targeting the right people, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I agree with that totally. That's kind of the thing, and it's like, yeah, there's like all the Black Lives Matter protests, and it might have seemed like it's more armed, but I don't know. It seems just as chaotic. I, I mean, my opinion on the thing, it was what I told my buddy was, uh, was I said, I mean, listen, the thing about the Black Lives Matter thing is that I think it's foolish to to try to say that the that every single protest and stuff was entirely 100% peaceful. Because we know for a fact that there genuinely are, with any protests and stuff like that, there are genuinely violent and radical people. But this this thing with the Trump thing, it's 
mostly violent. I don't full-on believe it's terrorism, but it's kind of close to grassroots terrorism. You could say it's terrorism, but in a sense, it's like, yo, fuck the peeps that they're, like, invading in. It's like, dude, oh, I kind of Oh, no, no, the a... senator are a bunch of fucks. I don't care what happens like, to them. Like, literally, it's like, I'm glad that under a sign of revolution, some people are willing to fucking go out and do it. It's like, fuck the government, but yeah, what they're, what they're like, fighting for is kind of, like, odd, but yes. it's kind of like, I'm not gonna agree with, like, fucking, like, Neo fat, their fucking neo fascism, their kind of racist ideas, or just the, like the weird bigotry and stuff too. Because here's the thing: I understand conservatism is a, basically at its fucking core is an ideology. Yes, it's basically they don't want to change anything. Basically, put it, it's like they don't want to change anything that's broken. I.e., they don't want to like ruin what they think is American values. Yes. but at the same time, like what they think is like true American values can also be like. Destructive, but you could also say that with the fucking, with like, uh, what you call it, the liberals and stuff too, because there's yeah. a lot of stuff. It's like they're trying to like change and reform, but at the same time, it's like it's mostly that's a trial and error, and we don't know if that will like work or fail. So that's why conservative, yes. that's why freaking conservatives try to like fight against that because they don't want, because some don't want to like do something that could turn into like. A total shit show. Yes. But with the fucking... But with, like, capitalism... But with, like, capitalism and stuff, friggin... That's already a fucking shit show right there, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole bunch of shit. I don't have too much to say on it. I just know that I read that. I was at work when I was, like, hearing about all this. And, like, just after everything that happened last year and stuff in the, in the political... The last four years, really, all I could do was laugh just because it's just, like... It's like at this point I could just laugh at it. Hey, you know? with the fucking virus and everything, people mm-hmm. just want a lot of those peeps just kinda want morale yes. and to feel good and just have like whatever that pride and stuff too. Mm-hmm. I.e. that could be also like Isn't that just nationalism? Isn't that what that is? Sure, or it was just a, maybe. I it could what be that called nationalism is. and stuff too. Basically, what I saw is like, you know what? These people that support Trump are really fighting for the fight for Trump mm-hmm. against Biden. But at the same time, it's like Trump also most likely got him rallied. Because, like, here's the thing. We are living in a pandemic. And, yeah, the economy is going to go to fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Because, like, people can't work or open jobs. But at the same time, it's like, dude, it's like all these, like, half the nation doesn't want to freaking try to take, like, the freaking illness seriously, and supposedly there's 300,000 dead and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that survived, but, mm-hmm. like, there were hospitals filling up and just mass graves going on. Yeah, we are out here in California. The uh, The occupancy down in uh, Los Angeles is so down. There's Los Angeles County, I mean, not just the city. It's, it's insane. Even our small little town's running low. And stuff, yeah, on the friggin' hospital. So, basically, friggin', that's true. That's a big thing. But, obviously, a lot of people aren't, like, I guess there's still, like, a good percent of people that aren't taking that seriously. And they want to, like, work and stuff, too. But, it's like, and I've seen people complain about, like, friggin', like, they can't get their unemployment and stuff, too. I was a special case where I did get laid off, but I was able to correctly get my unemployment stuff. And it's like, you know what? But that's circumstance with me. Here's the thing. During 2020... I started 2020 in a shitty job and homeless, but I ended 2020 with a good job and freaking in a nice house in a nice housed room. So yeah, how about that? I can't say it's like here's for me 2020 rolled and we like hammered out this podcast, but this is some fucking death listening right now. Let's get fucking <laughs> into it and stuff too. Yeah. We're here today to review Samurai Cop 2: Deadly Vengeance. Why? Because we watched Samurai Cop 1 last episode. Which, fun fact, um, I, w- I was looking it up earlier. Um, I think I closed the tab. But this this um, uh, this uh, this movie actually has a alternate title uh, because... Uh, oh, okay, here we go. So it was originally released as uh, Samurai Cop 2, Deadly Vengeance. But, um, and it released on, like, Amazon Video. But in 2017, they pulled it from their streaming service because they didn't like the nudity. So the director recut the film that re- and removed the nudity and replaced it with more Tommy Wiseau footage. And he called that version Revenge of the Samurai. But... I know for a fact I watched the Deadly Vengeance one because there was a lot of nudity. <laughs> I presume we watched Deadly Vengeance one too. Yeah, I heard about that, but at the same time, it's like the thing about Samurai Cop was like having like 
Very excessive nudity. Not yes. as extreme as this one. Fuck. There was so much nudity. All right, whatever. Let's just get into it. Okay. Friggin'. All right. Basically, the movie starts off in the year of our Lord, 1991. Where our actors look actors fucking old as shit. Our heroes. Our hero. I'm sorry. Our heroes look fucking. Well, actually, they Franklin look like looks mostly the same. Joe Samurai, though. Looks like a friggin', as I like heard from another podcast, he looks like a ripe banana <laughs> yeah he looks old as fuck but yeah so they're walking out of the police station right and they're talking about how the gay waiter dude from the last movie with the four names sebastian he was apparently a huge ass gun runner and they busted him and frank's all jelly because joe's got five weeks of paid vacay now but and then out of the shadows uh, Jennifer from the first movie walks up. Not the same actress, though. Not the same actress, but, um... Whatever, we got a chick that's... We got Jen the character Jennifer appears. More or less Jennifer, yeah. Yeah, the love interest of Joe from the first Samurai and we are, movie. And we already start with the bad dialogue. Not dialogue or puns, but we already start with the bad dad jokes because Frank's like, they walk off, and he's like, Hey, if you get in any trouble... Name it after me? Name it after me. <laughs> I like that line. Yeah, you know what? The guy that plays Frank, he's pretty good. And here's the thing about the movie. Their acting is definitely better. It's better. There's a... They probably were... It's probably because they were allowed more than one take. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff, too. Whatever. So, yeah, basically, after they after they bu busted the homeboy waiter, Sebastian. 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 Joe and Jennifer basically head off to start Joe's five-week paid vacation... And basically, him and Jennifer are in a park and talk about possibly having... How do I put this? They're, they totally want to make a baby, guys. Yes, they want to have children. Whatever. And then, like, this little girl comes up asking Joe to see if they could help her find her brother. No, it's a guy. Yeah, no, right. There's a fucking teen... No, there was a little girl... Oh, yeah, yeah. ...that showed up and called Jennifer pretty, but then that little girl, little girl bounced out, and then some teenagers showed up asking Joe to help find out... Find help him find where that his little sister went. God, hey, mister, I can't fucking hey, speak. Hey, Mister, you gotta help me. My, my little sister, she's got she's gone missing. I went to get ice cream and she was gone. He he said it's sort of like that. Whatever. So basically, Joe's like heads off to go try to find this teenager's little sister. But plot twist: this teenager is an assassin and he murders Jennifer, shoots her in the face, cold blood. Okay, yes. not in the face. I think in the boobs. I think so. I'm going off memory. It was fucking funny because he like, like, because like Joe gets up and like the way the camera cuts, Joe's not even off camera yet. And then this kid gets like cold steel eyes dead inside, just pulls out a gun. And then the lady playing Jennifer doesn't even look. She She's just looking like this. She's just like. Well, they can't just see. Well, they can't see me, but you can. A just stoic blame, face. Just stoic a and unassuming. And then he just fucking shoots her. And then it, like, cuts to a shot of ducks. And then it cuts to Joe find, going to her. And then it cuts to ducks again. And then Joe goes, no, 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 no. No! And then we cut to the opening credits. And here I know... <laughs> He said, he had, like, his scream sounded like Steve Carell. <laughs> That's who, I was thinking this whole fucking movie, besides the Tarzan joke, I'm like, he looks like somebody, but I can't put my- No, but his scream sounded like Steve Carell screaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Whatever, we get, we get the opening credits, which, like, tell us all our actors, which is, like, a bunch of them are porn stars. Are and they actually? Because they look like it, but... Whatever. I'm sure if you went and, like, typed in their names in Google, there might be a couple. I shall. Well, I guess I didn't do that beforehand. And we also find out one of the main producers of this movie was Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Just to make sure this movie's bad, but... A little, little trivia for y'all. They they totally wanted, um, uh, Devar, uh, or no, Dazar from the last movie. Robert Dazar. Yeah, Robert Dazar. They totally wanted him to come back and do some stuff, but he died, like, right before they could film this movie. Yep. So that's a bummer. Sadness. No Robert Dazar. <laughs> Whatever. We meet some senator. I don't know if you have his name. Uh, I didn't catch. Whatever. We meet some old fucker senator, and yes. he has sex with this. And he has sex with like a lady, and yes, you see the sex action go down. 
And basically, he... And to, like, sum this up, he basically tells her that he signed, a tr like, a trade treaty that gives privileges to the Shinjuku gang, which then would, like, possibly cause a war with the Katana gang, or basically give the Shinjuku gang mass power. But then the new lady that he had sex with murders him in cold blood and tell him that she's with the Katana gang and they're ready to go to war. Yes, and can I just say, it's funny you mentioned that they actually were porn stars because I wrote on here, this woman has softcore porn levels of acting. Because I, I, I wrote a line. She you said that with Samurai Cop 1, but her acting was better than like anything in Samurai Cop 1. Yes, but, but at the same time, it's But at like, the same time, bad acting from this from the last 20 years is di way different than bad acting from 40 years ago yeah this woman gets on tv and as he's dying she says she says on the long lines like so what you're heading for the freezer ha 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 i'm like what the fuck and then yeah then we cut to this evil japanese lady named we meet doge or doge who is Played it's, by actress Bai Ling. I looked her up. She was the first one I looked up. Bro, she's like a fucking nominated actress. She's won the 20, the 2004 Hong Kong Film Award and the 2004 Golden Horse Award, Horse Award in Taiwan. She's like, act. she was in the first Crank. I know she was in Crank, and I no, know no, I she saw was in her. Crank too. She was in Crank 2. Yeah, and I know I saw her. Supposedly was on like celebrity rehab, so I presume she was on drugs. Makes sense. Whatever. So we meet Doge, play like by by Byling, if yes. you want it, whatever you want to call her. She and in her intro title, she is the vice president of the Katana like of the of the Katana Incorporation, which I guess the Katana gang turned into a, a court a fucking corporation. Yes. Producing what? I couldn't tell you. And we see Fuji Fujiyama is still alive, and that's his real name apparently. Or they just added that for this movie. No, no, I know they just added that, but I just thought that was really funny for that first fucking movie. Are you Fuji Fujiyama? And it's and then just like, oh yeah, his name's Fuji Fujiyama. I think that's the same actor too. Yes, it is. I thought they so. brought back a lot of the same actors. Yeah, that for sure. But yeah, the guy that played Fujiyama, and he has. He's better in this one because he doesn't just sound like he's just reciting dialogue <laughs> in a monotone voice. Yeah. But that disappointed me. I'm going to tell you right now, guys, spoiler alert, this movie wasn't as entertaining as the first one. Are because, you sure? Well, this movie, here's the thing. Well, thi it's a different kind of bad. Yeah, but it's not like the bad that was the first one, which was, I was sitting there, I was like, dude, this is an anomaly of, like, how it's so bad. Is it because, it's because, like I said, the first one took itself completely seriously, but this movie, you could tell, didn't take itself... Dude, this movie's just a love letter to that first movie. Yes, exactly. It's literally just a love letter, but whatever, we're just gonna power on through. Like... Yes. If you if you like bad cheesy movies, this movie still like freaking filled the like oh, it's check fun. the checkbox. It's fun as shit. Yeah. So basically, yeah. Fujiyama's still alive. And there's a meeting where basically Fujiyama just says like that freaking war's intimate and he says that Joe's arrival is coming. Doje goes like he the chosen one, the one that was the enemy. Joe Marshall is returning to defeat the great old Katana gang. <laughs> and then basically, literally, I didn't get much details. They're just basically, they're preparing to go with war against the other, like, gang. Well, basically, what I wrote, what I wrote down here is that fucking, because there's this, because this is, there's this cringe weeb white dude who said that, um, um, because Fujiyama, he, like you said, he's like, I had a vision he will return. And he's like, and 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 then the doje is like doje yeah she's like did you have the vision too he said no but i feel it in my bones the storm is coming and the evil one will rise again you see these motherfuckers are telling us joe samurai is an evil prophecy and they and one of the ladies in there says that um that it is one of theirs destiny to be chosen and to defeat him and that killing him will bring peace to their country Yes. So whatever. <laughs> then we get then we like after like some like friggin' like inter after that meeting, we cut to Frank as he just had sex and stuff and basically yeah. I don't know if this is just some like lady or his wife or whatever, but yeah, another new lady. Frank just had sex with her and she just puts her ass in his face and he gives us that like stoke face <laughs> and a wink. He looks so poggers. Well, getting friggin' ass in the face or just coming 
coming off getting it on, it's like, who wouldn't be stoked? Exactly. Unless it was really awkward, really bad, but it didn't look really awkward or really bad. So. Not to me. No, so whatever. Then we get Frank and his... Oh, fuck. This, like, old blonde lady that's his partner. I don't know if her name is Higgins or Haskins. It was Higgins. So Frank and Higgins basically are now at the scene of the dead senator and basically... They realized that friggin' he just signed a treaty with the Shinjukus and stuff, and he realized this. And like Frank's going like, this has Katana Gang written all over it, and basically they realized there's a, ga- a huge gang war that's coming. Oh, her actress was in Maniac Cop, which which was a uh, which is considered a uh, Dazar's most famous film. Dazar, are you sure it's not Tango and Cash? <laughs> he wasn't. Uh, wait, is Tango and Cash a B fucking no, movie? No, no, no. He wasn't like important. In, he's. Uh, let me rephrase. He stars in Maniac Cop. Yeah, but like. He was a big fucking goon in Tango and Cash. Well, no, you're right. He was, but still. He was the heavy. Okay, okay. Minus Tango and Cash. It's his most famous film. Whatever. Now we basically meet the Shinjuku gang at the Red Lounge Club or whatever. I didn't catch the name. I didn't Here's the thing, listeners. I'm going to say this right now. I took notes on this, like, past weekend. But for some reason, either when I restarted my phone or my phone updated, I lost my fucking notes, so I had to retake goddamn notes on this goddamn movie. Oh, shit. Yeah. Which, the movie was a little bit better watching the first, second time around, because I was a little bit more forgiving. I don't know why I wasn't forgiving first time watching it, but... Yeah, I had to fucking watch this and take notes again. Not just a watch. <laughs> Whatever. So basically, we're at the Shinjuku game. They're all stoked that the tr- the trade treaty signed. We meet Master Katano. And basically, under the under the club, we have freaking Doji and the two... As I wrote down, the porno babes. They're basically the freaking henchmen heavies. Yes. They pop out from the back. And they just fucking kill everybody. Yeah, basically the quote Doje, ready? <laughs> Let's show these fuckers! And Doje then, yeah. does a lot of yelling. Yeah, basically, yeah, Doje comes out yelling, and these porno bays basically a huge. They master. They start shooting out and massacring the Shinjuku gang. A massive brawl breaks out, and some. Well, I believe the Shinjuku underlings escape. Yes, they do. There was a funny bit I wrote here when they're chilling in the room before they go out and blast everybody. For some, they get up to go do the shooting, and then that one synth drum beat plays from the first movie. <laughs> when fucking uh, Gerard from the Completionist stood up at the table, that was great. Oh yeah, and then they just kicked the shit out of some ninjas. By the way, here's a drinking game, everybody. Take a drink every time I say, and then ninjas attack. Yeah. Just trust me. And ninjas attack, or hey, nudity, <laughs> or boobs. Any of that reference to nudity, like oh hey, nude or boobs. Nude boobs. All right, keep going. Whatever. So yeah, after the ma- after the Shinjuku massacre, Frank shows up to the massacred scene, and basically Frank isn't supposed to be on this case, but he like wants to contribute because he has faced the Katana Gang before, and yes. he knows how the Katana Gang. Like acts, so he knows he can freaking like hunker us down. Whatever. Then we get to a cut to the fucking police station where Frank's arguing with the captain because he's wanting on the case, but the captain's refusing. Then we get a cut of hey guys, a celebration threesome. So more nudes and boobs. Yeah, just so yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, does and, and the, the two po- porno babes? They just have like a threesome. Okay. I'm just gonna, out of nowhere. You know, I'm going to be very, like, disheartened because I'm just, like, stereotyping these heavies and calling them porno bays, but I don't know if they actually have done porn. Unlike Jennifer, it's an actress, freaking Caden Cross. Yeah, well, I dude. know she is a porn actress. Yeah, I was trying to look them up, but, like, I don't think the... I, one of the girls has a Wikipedia page. Um, I think it was... Uh, I can't remember Is it name. Lexi Bell? Yeah, I, there's Lexi Bell. She's not a porn actress? No, she is a porn actress. Okay. She's won... She is one of the heavies, uh, I think. She's won 16 awards. Wait, let me show me Lexi Bell's face. Uh, This one. Yeah, so she's one of yeah. the porn heavies. What were the other one? They kind of both look the same. Well, I, it's not like... They're not like listed together. I think the other one was a character named Tessa. A uh, character's name, uh, Nicole Bailey. I think. Look up Nicole Bailey. She doesn't have a wiki page. I'm gonna look around. Just Google. It's like it will. No, tell- I am. Are you? 
right now. Oh, he's he's doing it right now. Whatever. So yeah, there's a celebration threesome, and then basically. Then we get a cut back to Frank, and Frank's just filing paperwork as a lady comes up and talks to him about some med- about medallions, which we forgot to point out. Like, there's been like I guess the Katana Gang's been like putting medallions around at like their freaking massacres or killings and stuff. Whatever. Frank's been investigating these like freaking medallions and stuff, and basically this lady tells him like gives him information and the address of where they're being produced and manufactured. So, he travels 400 miles away from Los Angeles, and Frank's just in some grungy dungeon as he's calling out, fuck, I didn't get the name because it was a Japanese name. But he's trying to, like, find out who, like, made, he's trying to call out, like, the guy that made him a medallions and stuff in this grungy, sketchy-looking dungeon where basically he looks like he's about to get murdered, but then he finds a guy in a friggin', like, robe hoodie, and we find out it's Joe! Yes. They finally meet face to face, and it's not a warm welcome because I guess there's been tension since last time they've seen each other. Yeah, they're about to get into that, but then you know they're talking and stuff like you know a tense hellos and whatever, and then fucking ninjas attack. Which yeah, prior we find out Joe has made the medallions, but we totally missed skipped over the like importance of medallions, and basically he sold a bunch of them to Master Katano, which yes. he got massacred back earlier. So whatever, ninjas arrive or ambush. Yeah, the ninjas come. Uh, they beat their asses. Yeah, I just wrote down Joe whips ass and Frank blasts ass. Yeah, that's literally what happened. Joe shoot, uh, not Joe. Frank shoots so many fucking people in this movie. Dude, Frank shot a lot of people in the last movie. Yeah. Um. So that, but yeah. So then that happens, and then once they finally talk again, we find out that Joe's pissed at Frank because. Um, what's his name? Joe Joe Samurai tried to figure out who killed Jennifer. He was hunting down trying to figure out who killed his wife. But he needed like a file or something, and uh, Frank wouldn't break protocol to give it to him. But then Frank's like, "Hey, man, not all of us can be have the comfort of being a rogue cop." And then Joe's points out, "When we last time we fought the katana, you had no problem being judge, jury, and executioner." And Frank doesn't really give him an give give a give a rebuttal. He's just kind of like, "Eh, well, that's not what he says, but he's basically just like, yeah, well, that happened. So, basically, yeah, we got the backstory of why they split, but then, basically, Frank convinces Joe to help him in this, because that he basically convinces Joe to help, and yeah. in return, he'll reopen the case of Jennifer's death. And he'll prom and yeah, so basically, Frank promises Joe vengeance. Then, uh, we, Joe and Frank, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we basically cut to an airplane. Yeah, we cut to an airplane. Joe and Frank are chilling on a plane, which is really weird because I th- I was under the impression Frank drove there, but whatever. So they get on the plane, and then we meet the gay dude from the first movie with Sebastian. Hey, he's not gay. We don't know he's gay. He's just flamboyant. You got a problem with flamboyant people? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> we see Sebastian. Hey, there's straight flamboyant people. They don't give a fuck. Sabe- Sebastian is... <laughs> yeah, Sebastian, which we thought he's locked up for gun running, this supposedly next, was this, innocent yeah. or whatever. This next part is kind of weird in my notes because what I wrote here verbatim, the gay dude from the first movie is the server on the plane. Yeah. Then the evil women try to sell Tommy was so cookies as the. They weren't as, selling cookies. They were selling kale chips. That's right. For kale some chips. reason, there was kale chip like advertising in this movie. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, yeah, it's weird. And yeah, they're just like, sir, you want to buy some kale chips? And then the white cringy dude from earlier in the background is going like. Or he's making some weird fucking Yo, noises. Dude, it doesn't even matter. Let's just get to the point of this airplane scene. They're basically where freaking Joe and Frank are flying. We see people like Doje and the porno heavies. We also see Tommy Wiseau. But literally, it's like, if you know all these characters, nothing really develops more. Yeah. Literally, the scene is just like, hey, Frank and Joe are on an airplane. But fucking Doje and the freaking porno babe heavy is basically go on assault because Shinjuku's are on there. There is a funny line really quick where... But uh, before the assault and explosion, we also meet a chick named Melina. Yeah. Who resembles... Jennifer, uh, they don't look just a, brunette hair. They don't look alike at all. Nah, they totally <laughs> don't. But there's this one funny line really quick, but um, uh, Sebastian gives uh, Frank a gift, quote-unquote. It's just, just this black box. And then he's just like, he's like, he's just like, here's a gift or whatever. And then Frank goes, gets the box, he's like, yeah. And then he looks at the camera, a black gift. As he winks. 
So yeah. great. So and basically, then, yeah. And then there's there's some awkward ban not banner. There's some awkward whatever between um Melina or whatever and uh Basically Joe's talking to Joe, Melina. But then there's a fucking explosion on the plane and then ninjas attack. Yeah. Ninjas attack, guys. Go and, drink. And then basically, <laughs> yeah. Freaking like Joe's confused, but he starts whipping ninja ass and he also fights off the porno chick heavies and basically yeah. They like throw like an evil drone ball at him and then this Asian dude on the plane pulls out a gun and shoots it after saying no balls allowed on the plane and then it blows up and then we cut to the interrogation room. Yeah, it's whatever. Really There's an explosion bizarre. on the plane, but the plane's hull still was in contact, so the plane could finish this flight. Yes. And whatever, we're in the interrogation room and Frank's questioning Melina. And he's, like, questioning her hard. But Joe interrupts, and he's like, okay, come on. We dealt with a lot today. And he's like, hey, do you want me to take you home? And whatever, Joe takes Melina home. Cutting to the next scene, now Joe and Frank are at a diner. Yeah, they go to this diner, and then uh, Peggy from the first movie runs the bar. But it's funny, she comes out, and then she, bar like... Bar diner? Diner, sorry. Then she, like, brings out her daughter, who looks at Joe and goes... Are you my daddy? And then everyone just kind of goes, oh, and then the girl leaves and they get back to the plot. Then we cut to Tommy was so crying and destroying furniture. Okay, let me like, I guess I got a little bit more of the diner seat. Whatever. Peggy just informs Joan Frank that Master Katano, the master of the Shinjuku gang, got has been killed. There was a Shinjuku trait. Basically, they get informed of what's going on with the Shinjuku Trade Treaty, Master Katano's death, and she also informs us that, like, wondering, well, who would be next in line, who would be the heir of the Shinjuku gang, and it's like, well, it would be, like, her, her uh, brother, Linton, who basically, he's a mysterious enigma, which then we find out Linton is, is Tommy Wiseau's character, as he's yeah. sitting there at this weird small funeral, for Master Gratano, and basically in, like, Tommy Wiseau fashion, he just starts garbling, yelling, and breaking shit. Oh, oh, no! Oh, I can't Breaking glass Why? You bitch. No, it's- I did not hit her. It's bullshit. It's bullshit! I did not! I did not. Yeah, basically... Tommy Wiseau is like a very com comedic person, but him having a weird freak out and just breaking shit. This scene shit, goes for like two fucking solid minutes. Yeah, but like watching Tommy Wiseau break shit and just like garbling and yelling and trying to act is like never not entertaining. Oh, it's great. It's great. So yeah, basically after being introduced to Linton and him breaking shit, we got some geeks yelling back at the police station, but... They're irrelevant because Joe and Frank meet up with the captain and basically the captain gives Joe a badge. So now he's on the like police force temporary on this case and stuff. And the whole precinct then marks out of Joe's return. And then Higgins then like shows up and informs like, hey, there's going to be a Ginza, Ginza clan summit happening and stuff. Oh, fuck. I didn't really get much on that. Her like thing. There's another fucking clan. This movie got so confusing with all the yeah, fucking Yeah, there's a lot of confusing shit. Whatever, the Ginzu Ginza clan, or whatever the fuck they're called, they're having a summit, and basically, Joe and Frank decides, like, all right, let's go stake that out. Because that might be the next thing where the katanas hit. Yes. <sighs> Fujiyama gets news that... Oh, let me phrase that. Cut. We get a cut to now Fujiyama as he gets news of Joe's return, and basically the arrival of the Ginza's summit... And basically, Doji demands action. It's like, we must strike now. The Ginzas are showing up. Whatever. Ginzas are showing up. She wants to strike now. Fujiyama wants to be like a little bit more patient, reluctant, wait for a more proper time. But yes. Basically, whatever. We cut away. And now we have just Joe chilling, watching TV. As basically, he's getting flashbacks. And we're getting flashbacks of a Joe asking a lady about a complex and stuff. And then, like, also, like, flashbacks of his romance with Jennifer on the beach. I was From, like, the so actual confused. movie, and then him, like, looking like a banana with, like, Hayden Cross. I was so confused watching this because he's, like, getting flashbacks. But then several times during this movie, from this point on, he watches TV, and he's, like, in the TV. It's really weird. I don't think he's in the TV. He Like, the weird VHS fuzz It's literally, he's just basically, he's having flashbacks, was developing, like, I guess the backstory of like of a complex and stuff and then basically yeah just him like re remembering his 
romance with his like his lover, his wife yes, yes, that yes. got murdered. So yes. whatever. He wakes up and screams, I think. Jennifer! Or he or he says like, no! He screams one of, he what? screams a lot in this movie. Yeah, I know. He like emotes more in this movie. So whatever. Yeah. Joe then makes breakfast for Melina, and basically Joe then like Joe and her basically plan out like a whole day. So basically, yeah, they plan a whole day to have like a nice hot date. And stuff. They then we, kiss on the beach. And then we get a shot, but then we get a cut to Linton as he demands Sapoku on like some dude. There's he's just like Linton in an execution of some dude. I don't know the revelant. I don't know what this dude was, but I don't know either. And I listen. I, I it, paid attention to this movie and I got notes and shit, but I genuinely don't yo, know who this guy was. Here's the thing about this movie: the first one it might have been fucking weird and shitty, but at least it wasn't hard to follow. This Not was weird. Not too much. This one had weird shit where it like they just had stuff that meant nothing. Yeah. Or just was like just totally odd. Whatever. It was really weird. If this was the show, Litton's freaking like stone cold and crazy and just a total killer. Basically, yeah, we just get a shot of like Linton demanding seppuku. He wants to do to kill himself, but either way, Linton just executes a guy. Yeah. So and then we get a cut to Joe Molina having a nice romantic day on the beach and stuff. But at the time, Joe's also having flashbacks of Jennifer, so he's like being conflicted with his time with Molina. And then basically, whatever after his romance with like Jennifer, not Jennifer Molina, and all this stuff. Fuck, this movie is so confusing. Whatever, we get Joe and Frank doing surveillance outside of the where the building, the summit's gonna go down and stuff. Yeah. And basically, yeah, there's like having their stake out. And there's a point where then like people arrive, which then we get a shot from like a night vision shot from like the first scene of like when like the gangs merge from the first movie where we see like the back of Robert Dazar and stuff and whatever. Joe then is like, all right, people have showed up, Joe. Joe heads into the summit, which for some weird reason, there's just a massive brawl outside on the roof of this building. And Joe's just fighting in the sun. And Joe's just fighting through. Yeah. Oh, it's ninjas, by the way. So, you know, there's take like a ninja ninjas drink. and dudes in suits and stuff. Yeah, again, I was really confused because it opens with them chasing a guy, the ninjas. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Is he a cop or what? And it's, then but then Joe just ends up kicking his ass and everybody's ass too. Whatever. Joe's just working his way through the madness, and eventually Joe gets into a very calm party where the summit's going down. Like a very calm party. We dealt with a lot of like sensory deprivation and just like <laughs> all this crazy like action and shit yeah going into a very relaxed party i'm like dude there's a fucking massive brawl going on outside what the fuck this movie's so confusing yeah whatever joe gets into the party some geek offers some kale chips from portland washington joe then tells the geek he needs to study a specific northwest joe's then scoping out the scene of the party but then doji appears they have like uh, they have like a pseudo conversation. Doji's really horned up and all up in his face and stuff. And basically, he just like, right, she disappear. He tells her, he basically mutters, don't keep it warm. His freaking catchphrase. <laughs> From the first movie. And then, like, I wrote down a lot kind of happens in this scene. Dude. It's, this movie's so confusing. It's really weird because first, Fujiwara comes out. Well, not even that. We first, Melina appears blonde. <laughs> Yeah. Because, like, yeah, when they were having their, like, hot date and stuff, he was like, would you consider going blonde? Because she looks like Jennifer. So she shows up blonde, very hard nips, and almost boobs falling out of her dress. <laughs> well, it is Caden Cross. Dude, anytime Caden Cross appeared, it was like her boobs are almost falling out or just mad hard nip. Like, she just didn't wear a bra. Yes. Basically. And then Fujiyama appears. Joe realizes, oh, shit, it's Fujiyama. He's alive. How? I I remember Frank <laughs> shooting him. Yeah. And then basically... Yeah. And then the fucking Doji comes out. Well, first Fujiyama calls out the Ginza... Yeah. Whatever, the Ginzu clan leader. And basically Doji appears with a grenade launcher. And, and she says, I am the queen of death, motherfucker! And then rap music plays, and then a lot of people get shot. Yeah, basically... Dude, I swear the scene, because, yeah, there's a fucking shootout in the fucking, like, party area. But then it just turns into a fistfight brawl outside of the party area. With, like, really uh, stomach-churning shaky cam. Like a WWE when the shield used to kick the shit out of people. Whatever. And then, yeah, Fujiyama and Doji escape and stuff. And, like, 
yeah, Frank and the cops appear as the scene then just kind of like clears out. So yeah, the cops appear and the brawl kind of stops and everyone like disperses. Then we get a quick scene of Melina changing her hair back to like brunette and stuff. And then we're having her on the phone and she's talking to someone and basically, yeah, everything's going together perfectly, perfectly awesome. Joe's yeah. totally in love with me and stuff. She's a spy, I guess. Yeah, or whatever Melina is. And then, yeah, she's nursing Joe's, like, wounds and stuff. They have a personal conversation. He says some really cringy, like, pseudo-political shit. He, he says some shit like, I want to go away with you. It's not the... This city's not the one I used to know. The corporations have taken over, and it's like the people don't even matter. The system doesn't work. It's a forgery. A corruption of the human conditions. And then... <laughs> and then after that, they totally bone you guys. Yeah, dude. Full boobs and everything. Yeah, dude. And they're just going for it. And then, like, while, like... During the point of intercourse, Joe's having a weird personal inner battle scene where basically we see like an armored up samurai and these new ladies with swords as they start dueling and basically the freaking armored samurai takes off his helmet and it's like Joe, which I'm guessing he's suppressing the samurai soul because there's an inner conflict going on with him. So yeah, I presume that's what the scene's about. And then, yeah. I guess Joe, wait, I'm trying to fucking figure out where I'm at, whatever, I don't know if like then Joe just wakes up with his fucking face in full on like Cannon Cross's boob as a pillow. <laughs> I'm literally <laughs> sitting there and I'm like, this dude's wife must be so chill with him just full on face in this porn star's boob. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's just, he woke up, he was all nuzzled in that bosom. Whatever. Then we meet Cutter, the like a freaking leader of the Ginzu clan, or the new leader, because I guess the old one got freaking murdered at the summit. Then we get Joe's flashbacks of him and Frank as they're having a fallout. Joe flashbacks of him and Frank fallout, and some geeks saying he's seen Joe fight some dude in the forest. Fuck, what the fuck's going on? I think they're <laughs> at the fucking diner. Yeah. We cut to them at the diner. There's Joe having flashbacks of him and Frank in their fallout. But then Frank appears, and then some geek shows up like, hey, I think I've seen you before. It's like, I think you fought a Japanese guy in the forest and stuff. It's like, kid, there's a lot of maniac cops out there. Which, these are literally two Rob the Czar references. One, Rob the Czar and his, like, oh, fight with Samurai yeah, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a maniac cops out there. Told, a lot of maniac costumes. I didn't even put that together. That's a nice reference. Yeah, well, I didn't catch it. I caught that. I had some other geeks tell me on another podcast. Oh. Don't, well. Who would have? There's all. <laughs> there's so much in this movie. There's there so, so much. There's so much references and, like, love letters to previous shit from, like, these actors and stuff. This movie had so much shit. It was so <laughs> hard to follow. A lot of, what would you call it? Sensory overload. That's what this it was. This was literally sensory overload. <laughs> There's just so much going on. This is like a movie you have to watch like a million times, I guess. <laughs> no. To really catch everything, which I kind of don't. Like, I might watch the first one again, but with some friends for us to howl, not in the privacy of my room taking notes and shit. No, I would watch I would watch the first one with the boys, but yes. Like, these movies need to be watched with people, not alone, because they'll, they'll you'll definitely get tired and disgusted. Well, yeah, because like these are party movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You exactly. guys order some pizzas and chips and get booze pizza, and drinks and yeah. stuff, and you just sit back, throw on these silly movies, and just crack the fuck up. Order yourself some pizza with extra cheese and wings, and then just have a good time. Okay, so yeah, after this diner with Rob Dazar references, Frank appears and tells Joe that. Melina is not her real name. Yes. She goes by many aliases, and, like, she's basically... We don't know what she is. She's just a ghost. But basically, it's like, she's been playing you, man, and I guess we also get a scene of, like, Melina dragging Joe or something. Dude, there's so much fucking shit happening in this movie! And listen, if it sounds... You cannot take notes! And listen... The like, you can <laughs> sum up stuff, but there's, like, so much little fucking shit on shit yeah in the in the other movie it was i feel like it was a lot easier to not just summarize i feel like it was easier to take notes whatever frank yeah whatever when frank tells about melina and stuff then and her many aliases then he tells joe that higgins found out about a complex and if he knows something about a complex and stuff then we get a cut of linton as he gets word of joe's return then we get the cut to Frank and Joe at the station, and the captain basically 
since they weren't able to like get a hold of this fucking clan ward stuff, Frank gets suspended, and then he tells Joe that the case is moving over to the FBI, which then Cutter, who we found out is the freaking leader of the Ginzu clan, is basically the FBI agent in control of the case now. And Cutter wants Joe on the case, but Joe's just like, you know what, I don't want it to. I don't want, it's like, I don't want to do the case. And he just leaves. Then we have a lot of geeks that, then we have like these cop geeks that want Joe to stay, but then he starts just beating them up in the parking lot as he just wants to leave. Emotionally weirded out and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so, I'm sorry, just recapping this movie is so hard, even with notes. Yes, whatever. And then we get a cut of Frank wallowing in a bar, and like they're about to talk, but then, hey, what was that? About ninjas, Edward? And then fucking ninjas attack! Yeah, and freaking gun ninjas attack! Yeah, that's right, gun ninjas! And then Frank's, and I wrote down Frank blasts ass and Joe whips ass! And then, like, Joe then has, like, a full-on, like, one-on-one-on-one fight. One-on-one-on-one. A one-on-one-on-one fight (laughs) with one of the porno babe heavies. Yeah, I don't know her name, but yes. And whatever, he defeats her, but then as they're leaving out, she's getting all horned out for Joe. Yes. Literally, that's what happened. He... Yeah, all the shit, all the evil girls in this movie, except like one of them, want to bang Joe. Dude, I swear to God, this is. I wrote down next just random Joe shit. And <laughs> there was just so much random shit. And he just. Oh, that's better than me. You want to hear my notes? What? These are my notes verbatim. Uh, he goes to bar with Frank. They try to reconcile fucking ninjas attack. My ninjas have failed me. It will be I that kills you. He knocks her out. Let's get us some katana. My man. Right on. Low five. Blonde is evil. Blonde. Wait, what did I say? Oh yeah. Blonde is alive. Cheesy moody song. Dream screams. No. Map, map, map. Yeah, what a random Joe shit. That's what happened. And we just found out in flashbacks he claims a map to the complex or compound. And basically, then we just have Frank and Joe talking to some dude in some drainage ditch in a green screen room. Yeah. As they prepare, basically, Frank and Joe prepare for the complex. The Joe meets up with the freaking, with meet up with Lucky, the Walt Disney looking guy from the last movie <sighs> at the film, um, film production fucking site, whatever. And basically, the Walt Disney looking guy, Lucky, tells him, it's like, hey, once you get into the complex and, well, okay. Hold it. Let me rewind. This is so hard. He tells him about what to look out for as he goes into the complex because most people go into the complex, but n- no one really comes out, comes back or return from the complex. If I'm right, this is the guy from the last movie who got his arm cut off. We're kind of going ahead. Oh, shit. God damn it. Rewind. <laughs> Joe meets up with the Walt Disney guy. The Walt Disney guy gives him information about the complex, what to look out for, and basically tell him that, hey, the complex is dangerous. Are you sure you want to do this? But whatever, if you are inside the complex, contact Molo Rom. He will help you out. And then as, like, Joe is leaving, outside the building, we get a cameo of the prosthetic arm guy, basically the guy that got his arm chopped off with him getting his arm, yeah, from the last movie. And he has a fake arm in a sling, but basically he gives Joe a map to the complex. He just has that, by the way. He looks almost exactly the same, too, because they show him getting his arm cut off from the last movie. And, like, he's even got the same hair. It's great. Fuck, this movie's so confusing to, like, fucking try to recall. Whatever. Out of all of this past scene, Joe gets a map to the complex. Then we get a shot of Joe me- meditating. And then a vision of Akumura appears out of smokescreen yes. with him and a lady, and then he claims that he is the evil in Joe's brain. I, I'm going to go on a limb and assume this was the part meant for Dazar. Because, like, yeah, Okamura was, like, you know, this like the third biggest threat in the last movie, but, like, he's the evil in Joe's heart? I don't think he's so. He's the evil in Joe's heart, or he, as he states, the evil in Joe's brain, but any... Just gives him a pep a pep speech as like Joe, are you ready to arise to the challenge? As you must enter the complex. You must and defeat go, my yeah yeah. You must go kill my enemies. I'm like, what the fuck's fuck? going on? 
It's like, no, Dude, he we, fought I, you. He killed you because you were his enemy. Yes. Why is he now the influence of like, hey, Joe, you must now overcome and be prepared to go into the complex. That's what I mean. That's Are why, you ready? And it's like, dude, this movie's so fucking confusing. That's why I think this was meant for Dazar because like, yeah, they were still enemies, but they were both samurais. So there was that shit. Whatever. Shit. Yeah, I was about to say, Akbar was so minor in like the last movie too. This shit's so weird. I think I like the first movie a little bit more. And I this, don't know, because this one's just stupid. This one was done better, but it's so fucking confusing. <laughs> Whatever. Joe then starts his journey, as then he faces the gatekeeper at the complex, which was a decisive battle. Then Joe enters the complex, and then he is, like, greeted by who? Fucking ninjas attack! <laughs> yeah, ninjas attack, but he defeats them handily. Then Joe now faces a screaming... Some, like, white dude screaming Japanese at him. That was that cringy weeb dude from, like, earlier in the movie. The yeah. one that was on the plane. Whatever, yeah. yeah. He's having a fist fight with him, and basically he chokeslams him and then grounds and pounds him to death. <laughs> Frank enters into the complex. Then the <laughs> Joe... Blast bitches. He doesn't... No, he doesn't blast anyone yet. He just Not enters. Yet, that's right. He's just like, damn, Joe. And then Joe runs into Cutter and the Ginzu goons, but then Mola Ram appears... And he just blasts, like, the Ginzu clan. Like, he just shoots them. And, like, one guy, like, he shoots Cutter. And Cutter's dead. And one guy vows vengeance for Cutter. But then Mola Ram just appears again out of the corner and just shoots him. So, yeah. Dude, when I first watched this, I wrote down, like, dude, this just feels like a fucking drug sequence. <laughs> so much weird shit's going on. The it's, last, because this... Cause, like, watching it a second time, I was able to figure out what's going on. But literally, I'm just going to put it down. Joe's in the complex, and he's fighting, like, basically everyone that was a villain in this movie. Everything we've said from, uh, what, when, when Joe and Frank get attacked by ninjas in the diner, this is all the last half hour of this movie. This half hour, I don't know what it was. It was a fucking drug it sequence. It dragged on for so long. Do you there just, was so much shit. You might as well just take acid. <laughs> Just fucking take some acid take or them, some shrooms. Take them psychedelics, bro. Just fucking let the movie do its thing. Just let it do its work. So yeah, after Joe and the fucking Ginzu goons, basically Joe then finally comes face to face with Fujiyama, and basically he fights one of the porno babes, and what, Edward? <gasps> ninjas attack! <laughs> so fucking ninjas, but then basically, yeah, he's able to defeat like the porno babe, the ninjas, and then kills Fujiyama by throwing a knife at his heart. Yeah. Not much Fujiyama in this film. Which is kind of a bummer. It's like, if you're going to get the original actor, it's like, you might... I don't know. I thought they could have done more with him. But then I feel stupid for expecting good quality. But I'm also just like... I don't well, here's know. the thing. Who is like... Fujiyama was in the last movie that is Doje because now Joe yes. fights Doje and Doje just has a sexual fantasy of her and Joe this is so fucking awkward like she has a mad crush on him and wants to be his lover she wants to bear his fucking children and it's really odd because there because as she's like she literally goes from I will kill you to literally uh, to literally I've thought about you so much like in the same breath and fucking at before and after they're fighting and even a little after they fight there's scenes of them fucking and I'm like and at first the first one I'm like wait a minute what the fuck is going on I'm like did they fuck instead of fight but no they're fucking in her head she but is they, ha like they're having a physical sword fight, but then we are having shots of her having a fantasy fucking a fantasy well, fucking. She is having a fantasy in sexual intercourse with Samurai Joe. Yes, but then in real life, she's having a sword fight with Joe. It was so awkwardly communicated to me. I was like, "What is going on, dude? This movie was <laughs> so fucking weird." In the end. Whatever. Basically, yeah. There's some weird fight dialogue that's mostly from Doje of her being a creep on Joe, but then Joe just defeats her. He just stabs the sword right through her as she is having her like conf love confession dialogue to him as a river of blood is pouring out of her. Oh my god! It's like it's like it's you can a, almost it's say a, it's a running blood. <laughs> 
I ripped that off from the podcast I researched this movie from. They like cracked a raining blood joke. Oh my god. But yeah, no, it's like it's like pouring stupid dumb amounts of bad CGI blood. And she's she's just like, you know I would she, laugh, but this film is so awkwardly paced, it feels like a drug trip where I'm, it's like I'm so exhausted. I don't know what it is, man. I watched this movie, I watched the first hour last night, and fucking I'm like, you know, there's some weird shit. You split you you split it up in two nights though. No no no. I no, I watched the last half hour this morning. And that th- would that's even the- be difficult because you're waking up. It's like, dude, what the fuck's going on? But it's just so weird because, like, I feel like that first hour was like, okay, whatever. It was all easy, right. but this but last half an hour. As soon as the ninjas attack them in Peggy's diner, shit goes off the rails. Bro, it literally, it's like, dude, what's that fucking movie or book? Loathing and fucking fear and fear lo- and loathing in uh, in Lo- Las Vegas. Hunter S. Thompson, dude, that movie. Is basically the same exact thing with the last half hour. Oh my god! It's like, dude, what the fuck? Suitcase, they suitcases of cocaine and other fucking drugs. <laughs> Whatever. Frank shoots some dudes as Higgin appears in a dominatrix outfit and slices some ninjas. As what ninjas attack? Oh yeah, ninja, the la- for the last time ninjas attack. I think that's like ten. So, as like to rip off from the podcast. Oh no. Hi, Joe. <laughs> Joe comes face to face with Linton. It's fucking Tommy was so like literally, Samurai Cop. Literally, yeah. Freaking Joe Pierce and Linton in Tommy Wiseau fashion is just like, hi, Joe. <laughs> and basically, hold it. I took down some lines he said oh. during all this. Well, here's the thing. I did the thing where it's like, I could have taken down lines, but thank God for IMDb. They basically, if I still have the page up, I have the whole fucking rant from him. Oh, shit. Okay. <sighs> Sorry, listeners. Give me a minute. <sighs> like I said, I took down some. I took down some. I didn't take down all of them. All right. Are you ready? Go for it. I don't know if I could do a good Tommy Wiseau, but I will try, listeners. I'll help you. Hi, Joe. Hi. Oh, that's good. I was waiting my entire life for this. You think you're a chosen one, Joe? I've never claimed to be. You got that wrong, Joel. <laughs> and now there is no more. Room for words, Joe. No room for the words, Joel. Joe Marshall grabs a sword. Sorry, I took off my mask, because you got to hear my voice clear for this one. Okay. We have to do this. This is something we must do. There is no room for the words, Joe. <laughs> no room at all. <laughs> Sword sw- swings his sword around, screaming. And Nez Litton screaming. Maybe I should put on my mask for this one, because I'm going to be screaming. I'm going to kill you, Joe! This is my destiny, Joe! This is my birthright, Joe! We are you cheating my destiny, Joe? Ever since I burn, I earned that. Not burn, but born, Joe! No one can stop me, but, but I me- can stop myself. But I will not stop myself. Joe! I own the palace. I own 25 of them. And I am building more. I eat them for breakfast, Joe. You got that? I listen to humanity, Joe. And I burned it, buried it in my sleep. Ever since I was born, Joe. I have reversed little boy. Joe and Linton start sword fighting. You can be a better person. I choose you. I throw piss in your eyes. Oh, I thought that's what he said. I will throw a curse on you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't crack up. It's like, I throw piss at your eyes. I thought he said, I will piss on your eyes, Joe. He's I like, thought that's what he said. Literally in the middle of a sword, as they're like slashing swords. I will be a better person. I choose you. I throw piss in your eyes. <laughs> I will throw a curse on you. <laughs> your mother will not recognize you. Your own mother will not recognize you, Chen, Joe. Chen Chao was my best friend, and he became one after influence of alcohol. <laughs> Love is 
surprise stranger goes to attack but then gets slashed across the body as he is then fallen to the ground so yeah the sword battle ends i will put the curse on you god damn it i forgot why is that the funniest one that's like the funniest one <laughs> it's like everything's been just so weird and outrageous but the i will put a curse on you so it's just like calm <laughs> Dude, I'm going to be honest with you. This movie might be worth it just to see Tommy Wiseau versus Samurai Cop. Here's the thing with the movie. You kind of allow have to allow the whole movie to build up to it. You can watch yes. this scene, but it's like more just Tommy Wiseau yelling. But it's like, no, the movie all builds up to this final boss battle. Yeah. <laughs> and this Tommy Wiseau screaming random shit. Whatever, yeah. After, like, basically Joe slashes his gut. There's something I have to tell you, Samurai. I'm listening. My initiation to join the Shinjuku. I had to kill a girl, a beautiful girl. It was so easy. She was so beautiful. Most beautiful girl I ever saw. I still see her in my dreams, Joe. Beautiful long hair, stained in red blood. Red blood, Joe. Red. 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 She haunt me wherever I go. See, I, I think he said, hold on, let me see. He says, uh... Yeah, yeah. I still see her in my dreams, Joe. She haunts me. She haunts me. She haunts me wherever I go. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. F motherfucking Tommy Wiseau killed Joe Samurai's girlfriend. Yeah, we found out that the Wife. teenager that killed Jennifer was Linton, i.e. Tommy Wiseau's character. And basically... As Joe hands Linton a small blade for him to commit seppuku and in honor of the samurai... Linton says, I see miracles and events you ever witness. I see act of love and hate, which both inspire me and repel me. But I believe that love is one continuous stream, which is never end. Is it to love? To experience ultimate love? That's what drives us all, isn't it, Joel? And then I, fuck, I have to go back to my notes. That was a lot. Everything you just ye everything he just yelled, Tommy was so yelled. I s do you want to talk about a fever dream? The Tommy was so sword fight felt like a fucking fever dream. Whatever. As Lynn's about to do seppuku, freaking Melina appears, and then she tells us that she is Linton's brother. And Melina then tells us that she joined the katanas to in order to get in there so that she could defeat Doje and the katanas. As basically, she told that to Joe. She's like apologizing to Joe why she had to do like infiltrate and betray his feelings and stuff, whatever. But then Joe and Frank and Higgins leave. As they're heading out, Melania and Linton have a kiss, a weird kiss. Oh yeah, no, it's like and a then full the movie on, ends. It's like a full-on romantic kiss. So we end Samurai Cop's legacy on incest. Yeah, dude, what the fuck, <laughs> bro? This movie was just a fucking drug trip in the end. <laughs> This might be for the lols, but it's like, bro, <laughs> this was too much. It was a lot. Whatever. It was a lot. We have some, basically, yeah, as the movie ends on Melina and Linton kissing, we also have credit scenes because as they're going through everyone, all the actors and stuff, we get some credit scenes as basically Joe Frank and Higgins are leaving the complex and a, and a taxi arrives up in the middle of the desert of this back alley of L.A., yeah, we forgot to mention when they introduced the complex, they just did a wide shot of an empty desert yes. and maybe some buildings. Whatever. But when Joe entered it, it looked like he'd entered from like the sea or some shit. And basically, whatever. Sebastian pops up in the ch taxi and basically it's like, whoa, Sebastian, how many part time traveling jobs do you have? It's like, I have a lot. I have a lot to work with and stuff. Whatever, basically, Higgins and Frank hop into the taxi as basically they, like, head off. Like, they ask if Joe wants to go, but he's like, nah, I'm going to do my own thing now. And then I think one of the blonde heavies appear and basically, no. This was, like, a blonde chick that we have not mentioned that I think she was one of the Shinjukus. Well, wait, isn't this the gal that, uh, isn't this the gal that, 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 that did the senator early in the movie? No, or was that a different gal? No, I think that was a different person. Sorry, I was, like, looking to see if Dylan has showed up. We're about to have band practice after we podcast, listeners. Whatever. We get some, we're just gonna say some blonde lady in a leather, in a leather, like, tight, in a tight leather onesie appears. And basically, she tells Joe she doesn't want to fight, and she tells Joe, hey, I'll keep it warm. And then Joe looks in the camera and says, bingo. 
And then like it goes into the credits. It shows all the fucking Kickstarter peeps and all that, all the people that donated to Kickstarter and stuff. But then there's a very end credit scene, like the Marvel movie guys. <laughs> As one of the portal babe heavies, it just shows up. It's like Joe Samurai. It will never end. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And I'm just like, are they trying to like say there's gonna be a sequel? The Samurai Cop cinematic universe is off to a dope start. Oh God. Uh, well, I don't know. According to the guy that plays Joe Samurai, he said a third film's possible but not likely. Whatever the fuck that means. Well, I don't know if a second one was supposed to happen, but it did. Of course it wasn't supposed to fucking happen. Some asshole just put the clips up on oh, YouTube. Oh, I just realized I forgot to listen to Slipknot today. I do oh, not really? Have, I do not have a Slipknot album report. I listened to Vanity's second album. Oh, yeah? How was Vanity's second album? You know, it's... Oh, I see Darkwing Duck. <laughs> Let me just talk about Vanity's album real quick. So, it's better than the first one, which you may be thinking, well, was the first one complete garbage? No, it was just kind of whatever. This one, she had better producers, better songwriters. It felt more actually like R&B and Motown. Like, don't get me wrong, it still sounds like they're ripping off Prince, but the first one felt like they were just copying Prince. This one feels like they were they're just ripping him off, you know what I mean, which are two different things. I thought Prince wrote this and produced the songs. Not her solo albums. I haven't... No, that was when she was with his Vanity 6 project, which, remember, was originally supposed to be called The Hookers, and she was originally supposed to be called Vagina. Vagina. I haven't... I'm going to try to track that record down. But yeah, her second one's... Her second one's a lot better. So, um... I don't, I don't understand why she's such a... Because uh, you go through the YouTube comments for her albums, a lot of people love her to this day. They have fond memories and, you know, rose-tinted glasses. But yeah, the music's better... Um, let's say, yeah, music's better. Um, the first three songs are honestly, I would say really good. Not great. I can't say that in good faith, but they're a good listen. The first one had some, mo the first one had some moments where I'm just like, I'm like, I like it, but just cause it's cheesy or whatever. This one, I'm like, there's some legitimately good songs, except for the second one, the second song, there's a part what called Manhunt, where she says, you'll be my Tarzan and I'll be your chain. And then you hear her in the background going, oh, doing the Tarzan yell. That was the worst part on either record. <laughs> but other than that, yes, Vanity is not bad music. Last Dragon was just She had a, a horrible fluke. song on the back. They wrote Dragon. her a bad song, which is weird because it was produced by Motown Records. But yes, the Vanity record was good. Um, what should I listen to when you're going to listen to Slipknot? I don't fucking know. Dude, I have to piss like a motherfucker. I'm sorry. Give me a second. <laughs> well, listeners, I finally came back from that very needed piss. It was very powerful. All right, but now we must wrap up and we got to go jam some fucking tunes. Me... Edward, and good friend your lovely Dylan. host, our good friend Dylan. Duck. He is Darkwing Duck because he has this friggin' mask that looks like a duck bill. Whatever, listeners, it was the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. Have a good one. Adios.